Welcome to the journey. You walk with me, I walk with you. Together we face life. Hand in hand, side by side. With Jesus the mastermind. It takes faith, it takes a step. To finish a thousand miles. But together, we're in this. And this is called the journey. Hope all is well, and welcome back to the journey with your host, Karen Sion. It's a new week, and we thank God so much. Today is April 14th, and it's the 13th episode of the journey. How's life in quarantine, guys? I'm chilling, I'm gaining weight like crazy. (laughs) On last week's episode, we began the month of April with a beautiful and a very moving salvation story with our sister Susie. Susu, as Marinelli will call you, wherever you are, we at The Journey, we just want to say God bless you so, so much for coming onto the show and sharing the faithfulness and salvation of God. We love you so much and can't wait to have you back on. Today's episode, we're beginning another journey. We're beginning another series called Single Parenthood, where three single parents will come onto the show and share their story and encourage single parents out there that life isn't over. It's actually just beginning. I really can't wait for today's show. If you've been tuning into the show, welcome back. But if you're a first-time listener, let me tell you a little bit about the show. So The Journey is a Christ-based podcast that is going to focus on anything and everything that has to do with our lives in this generation, such as education, relationships, health, career choices, but most importantly, how all of these things can be better if and when we have Jesus in the center. New episodes drop weekly on Tuesdays at 3 p.m. You can find the episodes on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and TuneIn Radio. And once again, please and please again subscribe, rate, and review so that you can get notified when new episodes drop. Get ready for our birthday segment, Birthday Best. As you know, I love birthdays so much. I celebrate my birthday so well. Like I plan it like from the month of December. I love other people's birthdays. So this segment is just to celebrate people who have who God has added a year to their lives. Okay, so this week we had a few birthdays. We just want to say, we at The Journey just want to say happy birthday to Pastor Benpa, Nana B, Shelly, Morgan Hilliard, and Emmanuel Smith, and everybody else who we couldn't mention. God bless you all. Happy belated birthday to you all. And thank you so much for supporting the journey. Send us a DM if your birthday is in April. And each episode, we're going to shout you out if your birthday is in that week. God bless you all. And we pray for God's blessings and favor to be in your life. In Jesus' name, amen. On today's episode, we have a dear sister on. She's a gem. And she's been through a lot, but she comes out stronger. She's beautiful inside and out. When she laughs, you can hear her from a mile away. And you're going to end up laughing too. (laughs) I've known her for some time. And she's going to become a constant in my life. She's also a real friend and my big sister. She and Susie are close friends and they're similar. Like I said about Susie, they will tell you like it is and not even bat an eyelash. (laughs) 
She's a sister, a daughter, a friend, a mom, and overall one of my favorite human beings ever. Help me welcome my sister, Barbara Hyde. Hey, Barbara. Hi, everyone. (laughs) I'm so excited. I'm so nervous. I don't know why. It's okay. Everybody's nervous. I get nervous, too, when I'm, like, recording with people. Yeah. Yeah, so we're going to play a little game before we begin. Okay. You know how, like, I ask the guests, um, tell me a little bit about yourself. That's a little open-ended, and I like to play games, too. So this is, like, a best of both worlds type of thing. So I'm going to ask you five times. You're going to do five rounds. You're going to pick a number between one and 40. Okay. So when I ask you that number that you pick, I'm going to read the question out, and you have to answer it honestly. Oh, wow. Yes. So we're doing this five times? Mm Mm-hmm. Wow. So seven. Seven. Yes. Who is your girl best friend or BFF? <laughs> it pays. So I don't have best friends. I have sisters. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, I have a couple. I would okay. say um, Karaya. She's been my friend since I was 15. Oh, wow. Yeah. So she's like a sister. Then I have to say Sue. Yeah. Then Leonie. I actually like her too. <laughs> Yeah, I share a lot of information with her, unfortunately. Uh So, yeah, those are, like, people that I would say that, like, I really talk to a lot. All right, so next number. Um, Number one. What is your full name? Barbara Nadede Hyde. Nadede. Why did you Americanize the Dede? It's Nadede. It's Nadede. Is it? Oh, sorry. Okay, I'm not going to let me stop. Exactly. Barbara. (laughs) Nah, day day hi, day day hi. That and means you're where are you from? Nah means queen. Aww. I don't know what day day means. Yeah, I'm not sure. That's nice. That means you're you're gone, right? Yeah, born and raised. Born and Mom raised. Mampu Accra. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. Next number. Um. Let's do forty. Tell me about your love life. Oh, can we not do forty? <laughs> I love this. <laughs> I, I have no love life. My love life is non-existent. Amen. I don't have a love life. For now. Jesus is my love. Amen. Okay. <clears throat> Next question. <laughs> Next number? Next number, sorry. Um, Let's do 30. 30. What's your favorite movie? Oh, my favorite movie has to be... Kill Bill, Volume 1, 2, and 3. Hey, wow. Is it an American movie? Yeah. Oh. I love Kill Bill. I can watch it over and over and over again. Is it on Netflix? I'm not sure. Okay. Yeah. I'll find it. Mm. You have two more questions. Um, um, one more number. I mean, two more numbers. Two more numbers. I was, give me number 35. 35. Mm-hmm. How many siblings do you have? Um, Three. Three? Yep. I'm the only girl. I have three brothers. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> um... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, last number. 13. 13. Yes. What's your eye color? A hazel? No. No, you wish. <laughs> you wish. I think it's like brown, right? I yeah, dark brown. brown maybe. I have dark brown eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, we got to know you a little, just a little bit yeah. on the surface, but yeah. That wasn't that great, so okay. <laughs> let's get to know you a little bit more. What do you like to do? What's your favorite thing to do? So my favorite thing that I love, I love to do is like shop. Mm. I don't. Some people don't think it's a hobby. I don't, I think it's a hobby. I can literally look at clothes all day. 
Well, and you have a business. It's, I do. Um, I have Vast a, Beauty Beyond. Yes. So yeah. it's about just making people look beautiful and, you know, making them feel confident about themselves from the inside to the outside. Ooh. Don't talk a lot about it because you're going to come onto the show again okay, no to talk about your brand. Okay. okay. All right. So we're going to get into um, dun, dun, today's dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Guys, I've been waiting for this for so long. <laughs> okay. So today's topic is single parenthood. And because you're a female, we're talking about single motherhood. Okay. So it's a very interesting subject because a lot of people are facing this right now. And sometimes it's it's seen as a stigma. So I want us to talk about it, talk about the ins and outs of it, how you faced this stigma and how you were able to rise above. Okay. Mm -hmm. So the first question that I'm going to ask you is what caused you to be in the role of a single mom? Mm. Why why my my heart is like beating like so fast? Do breathe in. Again, breathe in. Okay. Okay. I I don't know. Maybe because. I as open as I am, I just don't like feeling vulnerable. And I feel like these mm-hmm. questions put me to that yeah. place where I have to be super honest. Mm-hmm. And okay. So we appreciate you coming on though. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you said what caused me to be a single mom? Mm-hmm. So obviously the obvious is having unprotected sex. But I think not that I think I know that it was me not listening to what my parents had to tell me at that time, mm-hmm. um, doing what I wanted to do, not wanting people to tell me what to do. Mm. Um, so let me just take you guys back a little bit oh, yeah. of how I met um, my daughter's father. So I remember, I can never forget this day. I remember it was summertime, like I think it was July mm-hmm. and oh, June or July. And I remember my dad told me, when you go to school, come straight home. I was like, no, come straight home. It's summertime. I want to be outside. So I went with my friends to go get my nails done or whatever. And I was coming. Um, I was wearing like this bright pink top and white sweatpants. It was like velour in the middle of summer. It was June. I don't know what I was thinking. Wow. But I thought I was really cute that day. (laughs) So, uh, you know, being young, he was in a cab. So he told the cab driver to stop. Hmm. He pulled over and he got my number. And I thought I was like so romantic. I'm like, my God, he's or whatever so um you know since that time we never stopped talking like mm-hmm. I would literally talk to him every day I'll go to school after I was supposed to after school I was supposed to come home I never went home I'll go to the park but then I'll tell my parents like I'm in the library doing something mm-hmm. um but my dad was always at work so it was just me and my grandma my grandma basically I right, did whatever right, I wanted right, to do. You know right. how grandparents are. Yeah. Like, They're very easygoing. Exactly. So I pretty much did what I wanted to do. So we, the more we hang out, you know, I started having feelings for him. We started sleeping together. And I remember Thanksgiving, that same year was Thanksgiving Day. And I remember um, I went to his to meet his family for Thanksgiving mm-hmm. because Thanksgiving wasn't really big in my house. Africans don't. Yeah. Well, now they do. Yeah, now we do, right? So it's um he was like, Oh, come over, I want you to meet my family. And I'm like, okay, I'm like, oh, he really likes me. He wants me to meet his family. I'm like, okay, fine. Needless to say, I went there, I just met his grandmother. Everybody was in the room, and somehow we ended up in the bathroom having sex. Hey, in his his house, his yes. parents' house? Uh-huh. Hey. Yeah. Oh, you're bold, Papa. I know. That was so bad. God, please forgive me. <laughs> um, so I remember after oh. we had sex that day um he's he was like oh you're pregnant Ew. and I was like well, well how do you know that because 
I didn't do anything about anything. I'm like, oh, how right was after that right after that, yeah, he was like, you're pregnant. pregnant, and I'm like, oh, okay, you know, if I'm pregnant, whatever, we'll get rid of it. That's what I was thinking. I'm like, oh, it's no big deal. Because I thought he was just talking. Mm-hmm. But I was pregnant. Because mm-hmm. um, I didn't get my period. Um, you know, I think the next month or something, my period didn't come. And my grandmother, I don't know how she knew, but she knows. So she kept know. asking me. She was like, oh, um, are you? did you get on your period yet? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I got on it. I got on it. And then one time, just to try to make it seem like I got on my period, I took a pad and kind of walk past her so she can see the pad. Mm-hmm. Then I went to the bathroom, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it was nothing there. So I hit the pad underneath the sink, uh, and ha- somehow she found it. Uh, she found the pad <laughs> that I like, wasn't in my period. But funny. you know, like pregnancy, you can't hide it for too long. So, yeah. you know, I had to come out and let them know it was her and my dad. Um, I had to let them know, like, this is what the situation is. And I was so bold at 16, and I just told my dad, like, um, I'm pregnant and I don't want to keep it. I'm like, I want to get rid of it. So my dad was just like, um, no, you have to keep it. I don't believe in those. And I'm like, and I think that was the genesis of me hating my dad. Like, mm. what do you mean I have to keep it? You're not in my body. Like, you don't tell me what to do type of attitude. Mm-hmm. Thank God for that. You know, thank God he made me keep it now because I'm so grateful. But in, before I was just like, I didn't want to keep it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. But yeah. What was their reaction? Like at that moment, Especially coming from our background, like right. the taboo. Mm-hmm. It's a taboo mm-hmm. to have premarital sex. It's a taboo to get pregnant before marriage. It, it disgraces the family. This is in, this is in our culture. Yeah. So what was your father and your grandmother's reaction? Like at that moment, I want to be in the couch when you're telling them. Like, I want to uh, see their reaction. So my grandmother was very supportive. See, mm, yeah, my grandmother didn't. She wasn't like that. She was just like, okay, if you are, you're not going to have an animal. You're having a baby. We're just going to help you take care of the baby. My father really didn't say anything. He was just like, you know, I'm very disappointed in you. Mm. So it wasn't like a big major, like, oh, my God, you have to leave the house. You are not mm. Like, it was none of, like, my family, they're not like that. It's just like, all right, it's a mistake. Let's try to figure out how we're going to deal with it. That's beautiful. Yeah. So that's I think beautiful. for me, maybe that's why. It, it bothered me that I was pregnant. I was so young, but it, I didn't feel the pressure from home. I think if the pressure was coming, it was coming from outside and where mm, everybody else thought of me. Right. But in the house, I was treated the same. Mm. They loved me. Like my brothers loved me. My father, everybody treated me the same. That is, yeah. you know, and that's something to say for families out there that have children coming home, telling them that they're pregnant. Yeah. What you receive, I feel like has helped you become Absolutely. the person you are today, Absolutely. the mom that you are today. Yeah. And it's... I just, I feel for people who, I feel like when people get into that situation, they're already beating themselves up. So when the family beats down on them too, it makes, it's like a whole, it it makes that person feel some type of way, you know? So I'm happy that your, your family did that. And that's something that maybe if you're a family member and your family member is out there and she or he is bringing a baby home, you know? Reach out to them in compassion and in yeah. love and in kindness. But please don't that. bring a baby home. <laughs> please, don't. please, please don't. I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. Don't bring a right, baby right, home right. if you're not married. Because, right. Woo. right. <laughs> so, has it affect? Did it affect you negatively in any way? Like I know now you're grateful, as you said. Yeah, but yeah. Did it affect you from the time you found that you were pregnant? Till now, like, is there any way that has affected you? Oh, absolutely. Because I remember even, like, with her dad. So I lost her father, or she lost her father mm-hmm. when she was two. Wow. So not only did I become a single parent at 17, 
she lost her father when she was two. So mm-hmm. at 19, I was a single mom with no help except for the help from my family. Mm-hmm. But her father, she, her father died. So I think for me, it affected me in, in, this, in such a way that it's like, wow. So here you are. You're still in high school. Because I came here when I was 12. Mm-hmm. So I had to be put back in grade. Mm-hmm. So I graduated when I was 19. So here you are, 19. You're still living home. You don't have someone to help you take care of your kid. Mm-hmm. Like, you're going to be another sister. Statistics, Ooh, mm-hmm. the English couldn't come. Um, That's a hard word. <laughs> you're going to be, um, you know, you're never going to amount to anything. Mm-hmm. You know, those are the things that were, you know. Money so I feel like for me, I put a lot of pressure on myself. And mm-hmm. it, it wasn't to prove to anyone, just to prove to myself that you you made this bet. You have to lie. So if you have to work 10 times harder to be this type of person that you are, then you have to. Mm-hmm. It's like you have to work hard. If you want to go back to school, you have to go back to school. Like, right, right. So it wasn't really, I wouldn't say affected me negatively. I would just say that I just put a lot of pressure on myself mm-hmm. just to be the best that I can because I knew that. I just wasn't living for myself. Mm-hmm. I had Mia to take care of, right. and I can't. I couldn't just depend on my family to help me raise my daughter because they didn't get me pregnant. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? When I was doing whatever I was doing, I was just doing it by myself. They were in there, so they were in there. So it wasn't fair to them for me to bring this burden, you know, on them. So yeah. I think for me, it just it's a lot of pressure for me. It's always it's all or nothing for me. If somebody tell me something about myself um, that I need to correct, it's I'm always extreme with it. It's mm-hmm. never, it's never a middle ground with me. It's okay. like it's it all or nothing for right. me. So that's I think for me, it's just I put a lot of pressure on myself. Okay, so yeah. I'm gonna rephrase the question then. So how has this situation? Let me put because I'm 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 back to your 17 year old self. Mm-hmm. Like this is I'm not talking to you right now. I'm talking mm-hmm. to your 17 year. Did your pregnancy or did the fact that you're about to become a mom? Okay, no, before before I ask that question, actually, you mentioned that you wanted to get an abortion. Yeah. What stopped you? Uh, initially, my dad. <laughs> yeah, he was just like, no, we're not doing it. And I tried to. Even mm. when he stopped me, I tried three times Wow. to get rid of it. Um, The first time I remember, because I wasn't working at that time, mm-hmm. and he had no money. Um, <laughs> Because abortions are not cheap. Mm-hmm. They're very expensive. And I don't think they're... Are they covered by insurance? Um, no, I don't think so. No. So I, I, I don't, I'm not sure, but I remember my father had all my insurance cards. Mm-hmm. Like he knew I was going to try to do something. So he didn't <laughs> give it. So I remember going to him and I'm like, I need my insurance card because I need to go see a doctor. He wouldn't give it to me because mm-hmm. I think he knew I was BSing him mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, he said no. So I tried the first time we went, I couldn't do it because I was still 16. Mm-hmm. You have to be 17. Mm-hmm. If you were 16, you need a consent from your parents. Mm-hmm. The second time that I went, um, I had to go get an x-ray. Um, not ultrasound. A, ultrasound. Oh, x-ray pie. An <laughs> ultrasound so they can look or whatever. And then they were just like, oh, you have to pay this amount. And I didn't have the money. Right. The third time I went back, I was very far along. And they was like, well, if you want to get rid of this, you have to go to New York. And it's going to be a two-day process. Mm. And I was like, oh, I'm not doing that. Wow. I was like, I can't. Because at this point... It's like you just have to deal with reality. So mm-hmm. I'm just like, you know, um, I'm not going to do it. And I think when I decided that I didn't want to keep it, that's when everything just with me and her dad just went crazy. Mm-hmm. He just started being like verbally abusive, physically abusive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think 
Not that I think. Let me stop saying I think. I seventeen. I was in a very physically abusive relationship, Jesus. verbally, physically, all of that. Um, I remember one time I went to his house and he had a gun, and he put the gun to my head and he hey. was like, "Oh, I was just playing or whatever." But no. yeah, it, it was it was like a lot of abuse that I really never really told anyone about, and I think this is the first time I'm really actually sharing this. Wow. So. Dang, I was going to have my dad listen to it, but now I can't. (laughs) (laughs) Daddy, you can still listen. But um, yeah, it was a lot. It was really a lot of abuse. Emotionally, I was like, he used to tell me, like, nobody will ever want you. You have a baby. You're damaged goods. Nobody's ever going to want you. Um, That is not how... You talk to somebody you love. Oh, yeah. Quote, unquote. Oh, so it wasn't love. I well, now I know that. Yeah. But then it would just be on, after he was done, he was like, you know, but I love you. You know, I'll kill the whole block for you. Like, I love hey. you. Yeah. Oh, he was crazy. Whew, he was crazy. But, um, yeah. So. <sighs> wow. Yeah. That is. I was going to ask a question, but. No, see, it's, it's the journey. Let's take our journey. I don't know how the listeners will feel about this question. <laughs> Oh, say, am I okay? okay. <laughs> Do you think that the Lord took him out of your life for a reason? Um, I used to pray for that. Um, but at that time, absolutely. I I remember I was like, oh God, just take him because I felt like if you because t- I had to go get a restraining order because he would not leave. Mm. Like I had to go get a restraining. I remember one time he came to my house. I can never forget this day. Mia was about six months old. Um, he wanted to take me to go get candy. And what? I'm like, she's six months. It's no, and it was raining. He had no umbrella. Like he was literally gonna walk with her in the rain. So literally, I can remember this day very clearly. He had Mia's like arms and I had her legs. Hey. And we were pulling on her. At six months. At old? six. And she, Mia's crying. And I finally was able to like get me and I ran in the house and I tried to lock the door. And he kicked down my door. He broke my whole front door. Oh, yeah, it was crazy. And then my dad was very upset, and I had to go get a restraining order on him. But even after the restraining order, I was still, in quote-unquote, in love with him. So even when I wasn't supposed to be talking to him, I would still, like, call him on my friend's phone. Because, that, like, when you're in an abusive relationship, yeah. you're all messed up. Mm-hmm. Like, no, no matter what no one tells you, you're like, oh, no, he's never going to do that again. He really loves me, but... Yeah. Wow. It was it was it was crazy. It was that type of crazy. We thank God for your life. Oh, thank- you're a survivor. Because yeah. only God knows it what He could have done. Yeah. To you or to Mia. Yeah. And oh, by the way, so why did you name your daughter Mia? Actually? Oh, <laughs> so I remember when I was you know sixteen, I was sitting on the couch, pregnant, so my stomach was huge, mm-hmm. and I was watching Oprah, and it was this two twins. Um, Initially, when their parents had them, they were separated. Oh. So um, somehow they found each other, and one of their names was Mia. Mm-hmm. And I remember saying to myself, oh, and Mia means mine. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, you know, I'm going to name her Mia, where, you know, she's going to love me. Aww. She's never going to leave me. She's mine. And that's yeah, that's where, that's where that name came from. Wow. And Mia is mine indeed. Oh, she looks <laughs> just like you. <laughs> okay, I want to ask. Do you think without Mia, would you have found God if maybe you weren't put in that situation or if you didn't put yourself in that situation? I don't know. I don't or think God so. God would have found you, maybe? Yeah, I don't... Maybe God... I think God would... Regardless. Yeah, he, he would have found, found you. It, but I don't think I would have found God. Because even when I had Mia, I was still living a, like a reckless lifestyle. I was mm-hmm. still going out. I was still doing whatever I wanted to do. But I feel like... 
at some point, the older she got and she was it was she was more aware of the things that I was doing, mm-hmm. I was like, I can't live that lifestyle anymore. Like I have to do better right. for her. So um I feel like God still would have found me, but I don't think it would have been this early on. Like, because mm. I think I gave my life to Christ when I was like twenty five. So, oh wow! Yeah, that's nice. How old was she then? I don't know. You had her seventeen, okay, yeah. like eight, maybe. Yeah. Okay. So she oh. was still very aware, but, yeah. but still. Oh yeah. wow! So, like you said earlier, that you didn't receive a lot of the um, oppression from home. Yeah. But you dealt with the stigma from outside. outside yes. How did you overcome it? I think the love from home over like mm. overshadow. Can I say mm-hmm. overshadows yeah. that? Yeah. 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 So I I got so much love from home that whatever people were saying outside really didn't matter. And I remember some of my extended family was saying, "Oh, take her back to Ghana so she can have the baby there." And it's like my dad was like, "No, mm. she's gonna have the baby." And my grandma was like, "No, she's gonna have the baby. We're gonna help take care of the baby." So that. I think whatever I was hearing, you know, I was you hear the normal things like, "Oh, um." You're never going to be anything. You're mm. going to drop out of school. Mm. Um, you're going to keep having multiple kids mm-hmm. and all those things. But I think when I went home, home was peaceful for me. That's home amazing. was Yeah, home was love. Home was, we don't treat you any different because you were pregnant. You're mm. not handicapped. You still got to do whatever you got to do. Mm. So home, I have so much love for my family. And up until this day, everybody was babysitting me. Oh, I remember wow. I was in school. Um I was going to school to be like a medical assistant or something because I didn't want to go to college. Mm-hmm. Stupid. Um, <laughs> <laughs> waste of money. But I remember I had to be at the bus stop by five. My brother watched me. My dad would watch me. My Aww. grandmother. Everybody took turns. They're saying that it takes a village to raise a child. It's so true. It does. Because everybody literally have helped me raise me. And they still do. Mm-hmm. Like, even now, this whole quarantine thing that's going on. Like, Le- Leonie will leave her house at 8 a.m. in the morning, come to my house and watch me while I'm at work. Mm-hmm. And then she leaves when I go home. Wow. I mean, when I come home. Right. So it's like everyone helps. Mm-hmm. Everybody. And I'm so grateful for friends. I'm grateful for family. I'm grateful for church family. Like, everyone helps. So, honestly, people were saying whatever they wanted to say. But when I got home... It was all love. That's amazing. Yeah. So, like, you were in high school. Yeah. You know, back in track to that, you were in high school. What was it like being the pregnant girl in high school? I'll say it was normal. I was, I was, I was hey. yeah, I wasn't the only girl that was pregnant. But, Whoa. yeah, I was, I was in these stars. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't the only one, but people were very shocked that I was pregnant because I hit my pregnancy up until six months. So everybody you wear, thought you showing no. So I would just wear like sweaters and mm. stuff. Everybody thought I was just gaining weight because oh. I remember my science teacher, Miss Cruz. I will never forget her. She used to be like, "Oh, you're gaining weight," and I'm like, "Oh yeah, I just been eating a lot." Or so when she found out I was pregnant, she was very shocked. Oh wow! Because I told everybody I was a virgin in class, so they all thought I was a virgin. Yeah, sorry. Everybody was so shocked that I was pregnant. That is hilarious. Yeah, so I remember I, I wore this like dress thing to school because it was too hot. Mm-hmm. I couldn't. It was June. Mm-hmm. I couldn't like really Real hide sweaters. it anymore. So right. and everybody and there was this news so fast in school. Everybody mm-hmm. knew I was pregnant by the end of the day. Oh my! Gosh. Oh, everybody knew. I'm like, yeah, pregnant. So wow, <laughs> I can't so, imagine. Yeah. Oh yeah, it it it, it wasn't. I laugh about it now, but it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy because I still had to. I was still in school, mm-hmm. you know. I still had to go to school. Now I had to get a job, mm-hmm. so I was working. 
coming in, um, I was working, going to school and taking care of me. So me and my grandmother would literally take turns. Mm-hmm. So when I go to school, she would watch Mia. When I come home, she'd go to sleep. I watch Mia. Mm-hmm. Then it's like vice versa. And Mia mm-hmm. would like literally, she's a crybaby. She would cry and cry. And I used to be crying with her. Like, I want to go to sleep. I have Aww. to go to school. <laughs> but yeah, it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy at all. But God God has been faithful. Has That's all been. I can say. And we thank God for your grandma. Yeah. Because I'm just like, I'm trying to put myself in your shoes with my family. Yeah. And I feel like now, you know, with the... If, Evolvement of this world, mm-hmm. it would have been a little more supportive. It would have been a shock. Yeah. But like before. Before? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, so I thank God for the lives of your family. Yeah. My family you know, for, and I believe that you are who you are today. Mia is who she is today because of God and because yeah. of the family that He placed you in. Absolutely. Another question. Wow, um, I think we're wrapping up. Come through with the question. <laughs> What encouragement will you give to another single parent out there who's listening? Someone who just found out that they're pregnant or someone who just impregnated a girl Mm. or someone who has a child and is dealing with familial issues. They can't, they feel like they have to quit school and go work. Like, what can you tell these people? Because like I said in the beginning, I believe that single parenthood is not, it's not right, but it's not the end of the world. No, it's not. It's not the end of the world. It's so really what not. would you tell someone who's listening that is going through what you went through or that is about to go through what you yeah. went through? I just for me, if you don't have like that famous support, I just just pray. Like you gotta call on God. Cause at this point, who else can you call on? Mm. And it sounds so cliche when people just say, like, you know, you just gotta give it up to God. Like, what can you possibly do? Right. So whatever for me, whatever you had. Let's just say you were 15 or 16. You said, I wanted to be a nurse. Mm -hmm. Don't stop. Mm -hmm. Don't let your dreams stop because of that. Mm -hmm. Whatever you wanted to do, just keep... It's going to be hard. It's Mm going to be like 10 times harder because now you're not living for yourself. You're living for someone else. So it's going to be obstacles. It's going to be challenges. I used to remember writing my paper. Me is crying. I'm crying. But it's like you have to get through it. Mm -hmm. So it's like whatever you... Whatever you wanted to do, don't let your dreams stop mm. because of that. Just keep pushing, keep going, have faith, pray more. Just know that, yeah, you made a mistake, but God God is also God. And yes. don't worry about what people have to say about you because mm-hmm. people are always going to have things to say about you. Mm. But just know that God is God and he has forgiven you. Forgive yourself and just don't make that mistake again. Wow. Because it's a mistake. Yeah, me is a blessing now, mm-hmm. but... In retrospect, it was a mistake. Absolutely. Right. Because it's not, even if I'm thinking about like getting married and everything else, now you have to think about raising it, have, coming in with another mm-hmm. child. Mm-hmm. And it's like, this person didn't grow up with your, mm-hmm. you know, like you, your, your husband is there, you're here, you didn't raise this person, mm-hmm. your husband didn't mm-hmm. raise this girl. Mm-hmm. So it's like, how do you then discipline this kid? You know, like it's a lot of yeah. factors that yeah. plays into this. Yeah. So if it's a one time mistake, just don't do it again. Right. Just what, what what is done is done. Just you have to move forward. Just keep going. Don't stop. Don't that's, stop. That's yeah. That's true. Just gotta keep going. That's true. Yep. <sighs> oh yeah. That was a lot, right? That was a lot. I'm but sorry. God bless you, honestly, because yeah. it's not easy putting your life on display like this. Yeah. And um, it's a very touchy subject in today's society. You know, being a single parent. Yeah. Actually. 
I feel like a few years ago, it was more touchy than it is now. Yeah. Now it's a little bit more celebrated. It's like a bunch of single women are like, right. having a baby shower. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Single mom. Yeah. But it's, it's still, especially in our culture, one in our faith too. Yes. It's, it's not that great. But it's just amazing yeah. how you're able to expound on it and yeah. share the, the gruesome details, but at the same time to bring hope and encouragement Absolutely. to somebody out there that yeah. it's not the end of the world. Yeah. I think that's my main thing. And a lot of people celebrate just like being a single parent. Like, I don't. Mm. I Like, if I had it my way, obviously I'll be married before I had a kid. Mm-hmm. I, it's nothing to celebrate, but this is my reality. Right. So this is what I have to deal with. Mm-hmm. So... <sighs> Yeah. 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 So thank you so much, Barbara, for coming onto the show. I really appreciate you. Thank you for having me. And I hope I'm able to bless someone with this. Definitely. And just know that you're not alone. Mm, and that's the thing. Yeah. You're not alone. Should I sing now or no? You are not, not alone. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Wow. Thank you so much for listening to The Journey with your host, Karen Siao. I'm so grateful to God for today's show and so grateful to our sister, Barbara, for coming on and sharing her experience and giving us hope and advising us to stay on the right track and do the right thing. And even if you fell off the track, just know that God still loves you and he's always there for you. Amen. So we at The Journey, we just want to admonish everyone once again with this coronavirus, with this quarantine, stay home, stay safe. If you don't have any place to go, just don't go anywhere because at this point, it's getting crazy. But we do have faith and believe that our God, the God that we serve, will deliver us from this pestilence and he will not leave nor forsake us. As well as the fact that if you have to go somewhere, please wear a mask and please wear gloves, okay? I remember at first, the people who only were, had to wear gloves and masks were those who were infected so that they don't infect other people. But now it's getting so crazy to the point that we don't know who's being infected or who hasn't been. So just wear masks, wear gloves, so that we can stay safe. Drink lots of water. My pastor taught us something. Chew garlic. It's crazy to chew and it makes your breath stink. <laughs> but guys, it works, okay? Um, I did that yesterday and a lot of mucus came out of me. I'm going to be doing it again before I step out. I have to step out, guys, even though... <laughs> I just admonished us to stay home. I have to step out. But before I do, I'm going to chew a lot of garlic, drink a lot of hot water. Just make sure that there's no mucus in you. Take care of your system. Take care of your respiratory system, your immune system. Eat lots of things that are going to boost it. But don't eat too much garlic because it lowers blood pressure. And you know, that's a silent killer. Okay, guys? Continue to wash your hands frequently with soap and water, hand sanitizer when the sink is not accessible. But we're praying for you all and we ask that the Lord God will protect you. Okay? If you like our show and want to know more, please check out our Instagram page at the journey underscore podcast. And please leave us a review on iTunes tunes and google podcast join us next week when we continue the series single parenthood with one of my sisters khadija to mansuray remember this is a three-part series with three special people okay so next week she's going to come on to talk about her journey as a single mom and we're going to learn so much from her because she has so many resources and so much to offer i keep saying the word so guys (laughs) also i just wanted to say thank you so much to everybody 
especially the frontline healthcare workers, the CNAs, the RNs, the LPNs, the social workers, the doctors, nurse practitioners, the physicians, assistants. I work in a pharmacy and I speak to them overnight and sometimes it gets crazy. We have delivery people um, going back and forth. We don't know where they've been. They don't know where we've been, but just because they're trying to take care of people who are infected with this illness, they're risking their lives. And we just want to say thank you so much. God richly bless you. And we're forever praying for strength and protection. On Friday, we have another episode of Quarantine Convo with our sister, Barbara. We recorded that show when we recorded this show. So we're just going to be talking about life. We're going to be talking about, you just stay tuned. (laughs) Remember, the fastest runner doesn't always win the race. The strongest warrior doesn't always win the battle. The wise sometimes go hungry and the skillful are not necessarily wealthy. Those who are educated don't always lead successful lives. It's all decided by God through times and seasons. I love you all. God bless you all. Stay safe. And have a wonderful week. See you on Friday. This is called a journey. Yeah.